0: But I think you're really like hitting the nail on the head there with that idea of like these deeply ingrained beliefs about whether or not we can trust ourselves, because if we can't trust ourselves, then we're clearly not going to follow our own advice if we don't think we're we're authoritative figures to to trust. back to another episode of Never Wear Boring Socks. I'm Anna Barnard.
1: And I'm Maria Ramsey. This week, we're going to be talking about how to follow your own advice.
0: We're talking about this because we know that we give out a lot of advice here on the podcast each week, but we also admit that we have a hard time following it ourselves. <laughs> so true. And we know that probably a lot of you feel the same way, and... It can be really frustrating to not be able to follow your own advice. And so we want to see if there's some ways that can help us to actually follow the advice that we the, follow the advice that we give to both others and to ourselves.
1: Before we dive into our discussion, something that we do give advice about is socks. Given the name of our podcast, Never Wear Boring Socks, that could be considered advice. I do consider it advice. And that's advice that we follow. That is advice that we follow. For the most part. Which is
0: true. So, Anna, what non-boring socks are you wearing today? I'm wearing some Harry Potter socks. They have little Deathly Hallows signs on them. Uh, They're kind of, like, gray so and black. I don't really know why I picked these. I mean, I, I guess one reason why I picked these was last night I picked up... I have this, like journey through a history of magic book that like the British Library released and it's kind of about like the Hogwarts subjects and I've been very slowly making my way through it so I was reading reading about astronomy last night Mm. but it kind of like it just I just love those stories a lot and it like brought me back into those and it made me want to work on my own writing a little more because I've been having kind of like a hard time getting into that this summer so I think I'm wearing them to kind of honor that. Cool. Is there a herbology section? There that is a, a herbology section. <laughs> There's some really nice like drawings of mandrakes. Ooh, fun. I know. It's kind of cool. That would be my subject. Yeah. Yeah. People, You know what? People always give potions a bad rap, but I feel like potions is just like cooking. And I like cooking. That, yeah. You know? So would that be yours? Well, I don't know, because everyone's like, oh, potions and Snape. But I'm like, it sounds kind of fun, you know? Like but Snape's not teaching things. That's true. <laughs> Sadly. Spoiler alert. Sort of. <laughs> uh, sorry yeah. for the diversion. Uh, <laughs> Maria, what socks are you wearing today?
1: So I... I'm actually not wearing socks today. I feel like this is becoming a pattern this summer, and I apologize. Yeah. I mean, like, for the I just put these socks, socks
0: on. Yeah. I wasn't wearing socks earlier today. It is summer.
1: This is true. Yeah. And I still feel like I'm still following our advice of never wear boring socks. Yeah. I'm just not wearing any socks at all. I'm definitely not wearing boring ones. Right. And I mentioned last week, I think, on our podcast that I'm house sitting for a friend, which is still true. And I didn't really pack very many socks on this trip I packed like just a couple pairs because I wasn't really going to need them that much because it's so hot out and normally when I at, at home I have this access to my whole sock drawer with a myriad of sock options and I don't have that right now and I also just got back from this retreat called Own Your Feminine Power and it was at a yoga retreat center and I wasn't really wearing socks I didn't wear any socks, actually yeah, you Or don't, like wearing shoes you, most of the time. you don't wear
0: socks when you do yoga,
1: right, and all the the program rooms where we were having our sessions, even when we weren't doing yoga, was it was like a shoe free zone right, right so I'm in barefoot mode right now and owning my feminine power, my connection to the earth with my bare feet that sounds so really lovely my, it is really lovely, I'm enjoying it, yeah. I just got back, so I'm feeling a little... Woo! (laughs) We'll see what comes out today. (laughs) All right!
0: So, I have, like, I kind of have, like, a disclaimer before we talk about this, I feel like. Cause, okay. Cause, so following your own advice has been something that I've wanted to talk about for a long time because I'm terrible at it. And I was like, we get so much advice on here. I feel like I feel like we should talk about actually following it, you know? Yeah. But that being said, I clearly don't have all the answers to this because I still don't know how to do it. So this is one <laughs> of those th- You know, I feel like there's some episodes where... We obviously don't have all the answers to anything we talk about, but I think there's some episodes where we have a lot of experience where we come from, Mm -hmm. and we kind of can provide advice from that experience. But this is one of those things where I have some ideas, but I really just want to kind of have like a conversation about this and try to get to the bottom of it as we talk about it, because it's something that I puzzled with for a long time, and I still don't really know... Where exactly I want to go with it and how exactly to follow my own advice. So I'm open Mm -hmm. to hearing what you have to say. And I also want our listeners to have a conversation with us about this too. So I'm excited for it. But I'm feeling, I don't feel like I'm in any sort of like expert position right now. You know, I feel like this is very much going to be kind of inquisitive for me, if that makes sense.
1: I think that makes a lot of sense. And that was. I mean, that's part of the idea behind our podcast is that we're not people who are experts who have the answers. We're figuring it out. And maybe some episodes that you might be listening to, maybe we're a couple steps ahead there. So we might be able to give you some advice or maybe we're all just figuring it out together and hopefully it makes you feel a little bit less alone that we're also in the process because that's been really powerful to me in terms of listening to podcasts and talking to people, just learning that there are other people kind of trying to figure out the same stuff that i'm trying to figure out even if they don't have
0: answers for me yeah no that's a really good way to put it for sure yeah i exactly we're like this is something this is going to be one of those times where we we figure it out together and i'm just kind of i'm excited to hear what you have to say because i think this conversation is going to be one that kind of just evolves as we go along and i'm excited to to see what we come up with me too. If we come up with Who any knows? answers, where we're gonna we go? We might not come up. We with might any not answers. have any
1: answers by the end, <laughs> but we'll see what we can do. <laughs> we'll have an interesting conversation. Yes, that's the goal. Exactly.
0: So, one thing that I did think would be helpful starting out was to consider maybe just some questions about this topic that have been kind of been on my mind that might help us figure out how to follow our own advice and. I think one of the basic assumptions that we're making is that it's easier to follow other people's advice rather than our own. And I was wondering if you agree with that and what your thoughts o- were on that. Because I know, like, there's lots of studies that have been done on this, you know, that people, like, just are way better at following other people's advice than following their own, you know, things like that. And how much of that has a role in how we, how we, uh, take in advice and I was wondering what your thoughts Mm. were I haven't
1: really learned about the science that you're talking about but I am not surprised at all I think that like that's exactly what I would expect I guess and I think a lot of it comes down to putting our trust in authority figures outside of ourselves Mm. And just the fact that our culture encourages us to do that in a lot of ways in terms of our health and our careers and just a lot of areas of our lives. I think we're encouraged to seek answers outside of ourselves. And there's a lot of things that, like a lot of messages I think we get telling us that we don't know the answers that we like can't trust ourselves we can't trust our intuitions we can't trust our bodies and this is something that I'm thinking about a lot right now post retreat because the theme being own your feminine power I think that is one of the ways that we give away our power and the ways that we don't own it is when we don't trust ourselves in that way and when we feel like we have to trust other people over ourselves and I do think that I mean I'm sure people of all genders run across this problem of having a hard time trusting their own advice or taking their own advice but I think especially for women at least in my experience and just hearing other women's stories we're really not encouraged to be authority figures in our lives or in other people's lives and just the way that our society is set up and sort of designed by and for men it really encourages us to look outside of ourselves so that's kind of
0: what I'm thinking about right now Yeah, that's really interesting I hadn't thought about that in the context of this conversation but that's actually really helpful for me thinking about why we don't take our own advice. Um, And also, I think giving ourselves, like being more generous with ourselves, because I think it's, yeah, that's a good point, that it's not just, you know, oh, we're so lazy and unmotivated, like we can't follow our own advice. (laughs) It's like, no, we've been trained to almost distrust ourselves in a way and Mm -hmm. think that we're not deserving of authority role or even just I wonder too if it's a question of you know when we try to give ourselves our own advice there's this assumption of like improving ourselves and getting to a better place and and if sometimes some people think that they don't deserve to get to that better place you know there's the whole question Mm. of of self love and self worth that plays into this and so I think on one hand following your advice is going to be about kind of like undermining some of those false ideas that society has implanted us with you know which is a big task um, but I think recognizing that yeah we've been taught to not assume an authoritative role in our own or others lives is one of the reasons why it's hard for us to to accept advice on behalf of ourselves yeah
1: and I think so one of the things that I know we're going to touch on today is intuition mm-hmm. And I think it is really hard to trust our intuition in part because a lot of the time it comes from our bodies. Oh, yeah. And like more from our bodies and less from our heads. And I think especially, again, as women, we're not encouraged to trust our bodies and we're not really educated about them. That's another area where I think we really give away a lot of power to especially doctors and medical professionals and people who have studied the body and don't give ourselves enough credit for the fact that we do actually really know our bodies and we can, if we really listen to them and they have a lot of wisdom for us.
0: Yeah. This is really relevant to me right now. Cause I'm going through some health treatments right now for certain digestive issues and one i went i had an appointment today and the practitioner that i was working with she was saying that Like, to a certain extent, yes, you have to do these things to get your health where it needs to be. But at the end of the day, it's about listening to what your body needs and listening to what Mm. is good for you. And I don't know if I've had a health practitioner say that to me before, you know? And so, like, that was really powerful for me, I think, because I've told myself, again, this idea of, like, following your advice, it's like, I've told myself, oh, you just need to, like, listen to yourself. But it's so hard to do that. And I think part of it is just that we're out of practice, you know?
1: That's so true. And
0: and I think we live in a world where there's a lot of overthinking. And, you know, I mean, like, I, I consider myself a person who overthinks a lot. But I also think that's just kind of part of the world we live in is that everyone's mm-hmm. running up here all the time on a on a very, like, kind of stressful level. And so, you know, when you're little kids, you can kind of when you're not on that high stress situation or kind of default you can go back to just like that intuition much more easily I think but I think that like stress response and just our go 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 culture makes it difficult for us to like just get in touch with the basics more easily and that's something that I am trying to kind of like retrain and yeah I think it is part of this following your advice issue
1: yeah I think so, too. And I also wanted to touch on something else you said earlier about this idea of, like, do we feel deserving of trusting our own advice and, like, getting better and feeling better and all of this stuff? And I think for a lot of us, there are some really deeply ingrained beliefs pointing to the fact that we're not. Right. Because it could be from society or from your culture, or from like how you were raised, your family. I think there are a lot of ways that those beliefs can get implanted in us at a very young age. And once they're in there, it's really hard to move past them. Even if on an intellectual level, you believe, yes, I am worthy of really expansive happiness and joy and health and everything but if on some subconscious level your body doesn't really trust that or like the subconscious part of your brain doesn't really trust that then it's really really hard to get there
0: yeah for sure i think this is at the core of this discussion and this issue of following your own advice because I think part of following your own advice is that your advice is based on certain things that we hold true. It's about, like, the truth that we live by, but some there's a difference between knowing something to be true and like acting and living in a way that actually reflects that you know that thing to be true (laughs) and i think that's where this issue of of kind of just like your neural pathways come in you know and this like subconscious way that you've been trained to think and um and like retraining that is really really difficult but it's It can be done, you know, and I think Mm -hmm. that's one of the main things that might need to happen in order for us to trust ourselves. And I think we can talk about later about how we might go about doing that. But I think you're really like hitting the nail on the head there with that idea of like these deeply ingrained beliefs about whether or not we can trust ourselves because if we can't trust ourselves, then we're clearly not going to follow our own advice if we don't think right. we're, we're authoritative figures to, to trust.
1: Yeah, and I mean, this has been on my mind a lot I've, because I am working through a lot of this right now mm-hmm. this past weekend and just in the past year. I've done a lot of work around this. I think that I've always struggled with trusting myself and I have a lot of self-doubt in a lot of contexts and areas and it does get in the way of taking my own advice. It makes it really difficult to do that. Yeah. Even if, again, I know on an intellectual level that what I'd like, I can give somebody else advice. <clears throat> Excuse me. I can take somebody else's advice if I also believe it to be true, but or useful. But there is always this self-doubt that comes in when
0: I'm trying to give myself advice and follow it. Yeah. And I think what's hard about following our own advice, too, is that when we fail to follow our own advice, I think there's a sense of guilt or like disappointment and frustration and even shame from not being able to follow our own advice because it's like, well, we know these things to be true, but I'm not acting like it. And how come I'm not acting like it? Like, it's my advice. I should be able to follow it. Whereas when we don't follow other people's advice, on one hand, we usually more often follow other people's advice. But when we don't follow other people's advice, I don't think we beat ourselves up in the same way than Mm. we do when we don't follow our own advice. And so not only are we not following our own advice because we don't trust ourselves, but we're also like reinforcing this neural pathway of failure to trust and, you know, kind of like undermining our own self-worth and validation by by feeling guilt about how we can't follow our own advice. You know, it's it's kind of right. like this vicious cycle. And so I think that's why it's really important for us to talk about this in order to make sure that we're not just going to that place where we feel frustrated and guilty because we want to feel self-love and affirmation and trust in ourselves and I think we can get there. It's just not always easy to get there yeah i that's a really good point that you brought up about
1: the feelings that come up when you don't follow your own advice because that's so true and i think a lot of the times this happens if you like had this feeling you had this intuition that something was right and then you didn't do it and then you know like they say hindsight is twenty twenty. in retrospect you can see that that you should have done what you felt was right, but you didn't do it for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. It's really easy to beat yourself up knowing that you... If you had trusted yourself, presumably you would be in a better place Right now. And that's really hard to come to terms with sometimes. It can be hard to forgive yourself for that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and so I almost think that the first step of... Not necessarily. I think the first step that maybe like paves the foundation for us to get to a place where we can trust ourselves and follow our own advice is to not beat ourselves up when we when we can't, you know, or when Mm -hmm. we do have have difficulty doing that because I think it just reinforces those ideas. And so I think one basic thing we can do is work towards just self acceptance. You know, I think that paves the way towards self trust and self-acceptance and self-generosity is something we I think we talked about this last episode a little bit you know but um yeah it's hard but it's so important and it's so important for almost everything else in your life and so I think that's one of the things that we can focus on as we try to figure out maybe how to get to a place where we can follow our own advice it's important to remember
1: that this I think it's a learning process to learn to trust yourself because I think like we can get really caught up in feeling like I should be able to trust myself and I like want to be able to take my own advice every time in the future but I think the times when you don't take your own advice and maybe the outcome is not what you wanted and then you think back and wish you had taken your advice is a learning experience and it makes it easier to trust yourself the next time and also the more you do trust yourself and take your own advice the easier it is to do that in the future especially as your own advice maybe and especially your own intuition might get a little bit farther away from what people expect maybe what society expects from you what your family expects from you and the more you can sort of follow it in like smaller decisions and easier decisions the more you can build up that trust muscle and then follow it when it really matters, I think.
0: Well, should we get into how we think we might start following our advice based on what we just talked about? (laughs) I wanted to start with intuition, which we talked about a little bit. um, Yeah. Because I think this is one of the basics of how we can get back to that place of self-trust. Um, and we've talked about it a lot in past episodes and we think it's really important. Um mm-hmm. but it's also like very elusive and I still have a hard mm-hmm. time with, you know, knowing exactly how to get in touch with my intuition, what exactly it is, you know, it's like this gut feeling. And I think again, one of the reasons why is just because we're out of practice and so it's hard for us to identify it because we haven't maybe been in touch with it for a while for some of us and so what exactly can help us get in touch with that is what I'm wondering you know and I'm wondering if you have any ideas to start us off with I have a few ideas but I wanted to see what you had to say I think this is
1: a really good question and I think you're right that it can be elusive for a lot of us for a long time because we are not in practice and I think Like, the more you get in touch with your intuition, the less elusive it gets. And I'm definitely not an expert in this either. I feel like I'm getting better at trusting my intuition. I'm still very much in the process of figuring out how to do that more and how to get in touch with my intuition more. But I've definitely, I feel, made a lot of progress in this area recently. And I think... I think there are a lot of different ways that people talk about intuition and a lot of kind of different frameworks for looking at it and learning kind of about some of those different frameworks has been helpful. Like what, like learning about what your specific flavor of intuition is, like I think for some people maybe it's more of a gut feeling and for some people it might be like a little bit more might be something kind of visual or might be like almost you have this sort of voice somewhere inside of you that's giving you advice. So I think sort of like thinking about how maybe you feel like you've experienced your intuition in the past and like how does it tend to show up for you Mm. does it come in that gut feeling does it come in visuals does it come in words and I don't know I have sort of my thoughts about intuition are very like mystical and perhaps a little weird for your average person (laughs) but um But I feel like my intuition is also, like, sort of cryptic sometimes, so, like, it'll send me something that I don't really understand, and it takes a little while to, like, I feel like I might get this, like, vision of a tree growing up out of me, which happened the other day, (laughs) and I feel like that was a message from my intuition, but it, like, I'm not 100% sure exactly how that, like, what it's trying to tell me. Sure.
0: (laughs) Interesting. (laughs) If that makes sense. Yeah. No, that's really fascinating. And I wonder, too, just to, like, this is making me think of how we connect a lot of our conversations to creativity as well,
1: and Mm -hmm. how sometimes
0: intuition, you know, plays into like our creative voice and things like that. And I wonder if following your advice and things like that, if maybe trying to think of where intuition is maybe helped in, like, a different area of your life and seeing if, like, it might show up in the same way, you know, in a, in another area, that that yeah. can maybe help you identify it, too, you know?
1: Is there an area of your life where you feel like you've experienced
0: more a closer relationship with your intuition? <sighs> That's a good question. And I want to say, like, I want to say yes, but I think the answer is no. <laughs> You know, like, if I'm being completely honest, I've been feeling, like, very out of touch with my intuition recently, Yeah, and I have felt, like, very inside my own head, which is, like, not new for me, but, you know, um, something we're working (laughs) on. (laughs) And so this is helping me think about, you know, like, how to do that, because I think I'm always like, well, I need to follow my intuition, but I don't really know what that means, so I don't know what I have to do about it, and then I feel (laughs) lost, you know? But I think your advice of, you know, like, considering where it's maybe shown up in the past or trying to, like, just be a little more open to looking out for it um, could be helpful. Um, I think this is making me think about – I'm reading um, Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert right now. (gasps) Oh, which I'm really I love I'm that. really enjoying. Yeah. And one thing that she talked about Did I give that to you? You did give that to me. Yes.
1: Okay. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Cuz I knew that I I had that on my list of like wanting to give it to you for a really long time. I couldn't remember if I actually got it for you.
0: <laughs> you did. Yay. Excellent. I'm glad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I am I just read her sections on courage and enchantment, which are her first two sections mm. about creativity. And what she talks about and she's like I mean you could consider her view on creativity like a little woo-woo too if you really wanted to um because she oh, yeah she considers I like it. yeah I do too. <laughs> she considers ideas to be like conscious independent entities that like come and visit you and mm-hmm. rather than like something that you have to generate all on your own and she talks about like, she talks about genius as having a genius rather than being a genius and how that kind of takes pressure off ourselves to be always smart or always creative or, you know, it 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 kind of... On one hand, it tames our ego, but it also lets us go easy on ourselves at the same time. It has this kind of, like, mm-hmm. mild... Uh, like soothing effect in that way, and I think so much of the world we live in kind of tells us, like at least in the U.S., that everything is like up to us and that like we have control over things, and like the, our intuition is like part of us, and so we just need to like listen to it. But I think if we think of our intuition as like yes, a part of us, but something that's gonna come and like visit us when we need it rather than something that we need to, like, Mm. conjure up. I think that might be, like, a more productive way of viewing intuition and, like, being more receptive to it, rather than trying to, like, search it out and pin it down, you know? Um, Yeah. And so Elizabeth Gilbert's way of talking about creativity is just making me think about this. And that was, like, really freeing for me to read that because I think I've always been so, like, you need to sit down and like find the idea and think about it hard enough and whatever and and she's like well just wait until the idea comes and then when you get a good idea and it comes and visits you at the right time like then put in the effort you know and not to say yeah. like don't work at it and don't think creatively um but i think that could be helpful with intuition i don't know that was kind of a ramble but i don't know if you how many yeah no i
1: think that makes a lot of sense this is again this is making me think a lot about the work that i did this weekend at this retreat you were talking about sort of the feminine side of things versus like the masculine way of doing things and not that that has to be like a woman's way of doing things or a man's way of doing things because we all have feminine and masculine sides or like yin and yang however you want to look at it there's this more like receptive flowy state And then there's the more goal-oriented, I'm going to sit down and get some work done and accomplish my goals. And I do think you need both of them. Like, we don't want to be 100% in either one of those places because nothing really satisfying, I think, will get done if you try to create from only one of those places. But I think... Listening to our intuition is a flowy, receptive process of, like you said, sort of waiting for – not waiting exactly, but just like being open to ideas coming to you and inspiration and intuition to come to you as opposed to trying to force it. Because I don't think intuition likes to be forced. And I think that's when your brain starts spiraling and then it's really hard to figure out even what your own advice is. And then you can't follow it if you don't know what it is. Or you, like, come up with something and then you're like, well, is that the right thing? And then you start overthinking it. And I think that, again, I, like, I don't think this is a passive process just because it's an open and receptive one. I think there are things you can do to get mm-hmm. into a state to invite in your intuition,
0: But it's not about forcing it. Yeah. No, that's really helpful because I think when we do view our situation as passive, then we feel out of control or... Yeah. You know, like And then I mean
1: you're just not doing anything. Right.
0: Yeah. And so you're I you're not taking action. I like how you're saying that it's it's not forcing it, but that doesn't mean that it's not active and that you don't have agency. Yeah. There's a difference between having agency and you know, like wielding force. <laughs> and <Right>. and <laughs> I, I think I think that's helpful because I think that helps us reorient ourselves to achieve that balance between like receptivity and like productive action or whatever. Yeah.
1: Going going back to the question that I asked you before of like where do you feel like maybe you feel your intuition the most because we were talking about maybe finding a place where your intuition is active, you mentioned that and noticing that and then maybe bringing it into other areas of your life. And since we're talking about creativity, I really feel like the places where I'm most in touch with my intuition are creative pursuits. Like when I... Like writing poetry, for example, is a very intuitive process for me. I almost never have an end goal in the poem that I'm writing other than to write a poem that I think is good. Yeah. (laughs) And, I mean, there is a certain extent or a certain element of like you need to get yourself in a place and like get out a pen and a notebook or your computer or whatever you use to write and allow your poetry to come to you but I'm definitely not trying to force it when I'm writing there's a lot of times when I'll just start with like a sound that I like or just an interesting phrase or some words that I think sound cool. And then it turns into this whole thing that like actually has meaning and maybe it's funny or maybe it's wise. And that's totally not what I really set out to create. It's just like starting with something that inspires me and then I'm just sort of sitting there waiting for, like, the next thing, like, the next puzzle piece. And then I just, like, keep putting together the puzzle pieces. And that, again, it's not a passive state of, like, I'm just going to sit here and wait for this all to pop into my head. Right. Because that's not usually how it works for me. It's usually, like, I'm sitting there, I'm writing stuff, I'm, like, actively trying stuff out. A lot of the stuff that I write I don't think is any good, But if I'm be if I am allowing myself to be in an open state and just like putting whatever ideas I have onto the paper, eventually something will come out that is like, oh, like that one feels right. And that's, again, my intuition of like, that's the direction I need to go with this. And then that will lead me to the next thing, which will lead me to the next thing.
0: Yeah, that's really helpful. And that's making me. That actually, you know, it's making me think that the times where I have gotten in touch with my intuition, I think, have been either when I'm reading someone else's writing or when I'm free writing. Um, Hmm. And I don't do free writing a lot, but free writing is one of those things where, like, you sit down and you just, like, have to keep writing, and so you kind of have to listen to your gut in a way. Mm -hmm. And then reading, for me, is one of those situations where I can get outside of my head, but still like let my reactions flow. And mm. so I think like I can kind of like develop insights when I'm reading, but do it in a way where I'm not um, trying to come up with specific ideas or whatever. And so that was making me think that, well, maybe what I need to do is to give myself space to free write. Because I don't do that a lot but when i do it connects me to my intuition and so maybe this idea of intuition and and maybe maybe the active thing we need to do is to make the space and the time for us to try to get in touch with us to try to get in touch with the intuition but then like from there you know whatever activity you're gonna do let that kind of take you to where it needs to take you whether that be you know meditation making the space for meditation so you can kind of get into the present moment more whether that's being outside so you can kind of just like observe and reflect whether that's writing or reading or coloring or whatever Um, and so I think there's like this spaciousness that has to do with intuition that allows us to kind of get in touch with that and listen to ourselves more and trust ourselves more I think
1: I agree I think the spaciousness is a really good point and that's again an active step you can take creating that spaciousness in order for the intuition to sort of flow in that sort of balance between action and not forcing. Yeah. And I also think it's so fascinating that you said reading is something that helps you get in touch with your intuition. I've never thought about it that way before. And I like, I would maybe have to think about that to see if that's how I feel for myself as well. But what that makes me think of is reading for me definitely helps me get in touch with my feelings. Mm-hmm. It definitely evokes feelings for me. And I think that your your emotions are a powerful piece of your intuition. Like the way you feel about things yeah. is really... I think it's a message from your intuition. It's a message from your body. And this is also making me think of so I think I mentioned in a recent podcast I have been listening to the creative pep talk podcast that I think you would also enjoy and something that he talks about Andy the host is the idea of taste being really important in creative work and if you're trying to figure out kind of what your creative gifts are and where you want to go with your creativity it's important to look at your taste and like what area of creativity do you have really good taste in? Like, what do you feel really strongly about? And I think, I think that is very connected to intuition because of intuition's connection to emotions. And I think it's like this intuitive knowing that this is what you feel is good music, or this is what you feel is good poetry. And it's not something you necessarily or analyze like you can analyze it after you identify what you think is good to kind of maybe decide what elements of that to incorporate into your own work or just to understand better why you think those things are good. But I think the process of identifying what you like is a very intuitive process. Like you don't have to think about <laughs> I mean if you're thinking about like food and you like put a mashed potato in your mouth you're not like thinking about hmm i wonder if i like this do does it taste good? i'm not sure let me think
0: it's just like you know if
1: you like it or not
0: (laughs) right yeah that's super interesting and i think another reason why i associate reading for me with intuition is that reading helps me empathize i think that's like it really curates my sense of empathy And I think being empathetic, as much as it helps you understand and relate to other people, it also helps you understand yourself better, you know, by relating to these other people. And so there's a sense of when you're reading about other people's fictional or non-fictional lives, that actually helps you understand parts of yourself better. And I think that's where, like, the intuition Mm. part comes in for me, is that it helps me kind of develop certain insights based on my empathy for others that is not me being like well let's think about what i you know like (laughs) what i believe to be true based on this story that i have now read or whatever but it's it's like right like i automatically have reactions based on the thing that i read and so what do those reactions tell me about myself, I guess, I think is maybe how it relates to intuition for me.
1: Yeah, that's a really good point. And this idea of empathy is bringing me back to something that I was thinking about just a little while ago when we were talking about, so I brought up this idea of like, not really having to think too much about whether you like a food or not. And I do find, like speaking of empathy, when I feel really deeply connected with somebody, sometimes I do have like a very strong empathetic connection to somebody. Sometimes it is hard to identify what I like and what they like, and like what is actually my own feeling about something, my own preference. And I think that that is another big reason why it can be hard to take our own advice because like sometimes we're so connected to other people's feelings like that happens for me anyway I think I'm a very empathic person and especially like I especially I'm very close to my mom and sometimes I get confused between like what is her opinion and what is my opinion Mm, yeah just because we're so close and because she raised me. Um, and I think it's more obvious with her than with well, my, my dad too, just like my family in general. I think it happens with other people too, but that's where it's most noticeable. But like, I was trying to decide whether to buy a pair of shorts recently. And the reason I was having such a hard time is that the color of the shorts was a color that I knew my mom wouldn't like. And I couldn't figure out if I also didn't like the color or if I was just having a negative reaction to it because my mom didn't like yeah. it. I was like, I I can't tell if I like these shorts, sure, if, if I like this color or not. I don't know if that's my mom's opinion or if that's mine. And I think that that connection to other people and like understanding other people on that level
0: can make it really hard to identify our own advice yeah. and follow it. Yeah, that's really interesting. I think our relationships with others does make this issue of like how to take our own advice really complicated because I think on one hand there's this idea that we much more easily take others advice. And so having relationships with others helps us in that sense. But then on the other hand, yeah, it can make Mm -hmm. it difficult for us to actually identify our own thoughts and our own beliefs. Um, And so I wonder how we can find a balance between that. I don't know. Something that I was reading about in preparation for this episode was this thing called, I think, the best friend method. And this one person suggested that you, in order to follow your own advice, you put some distance between yourself and it. Um, and that speaks to the fact of that we, you know, sometimes it helps us to have distance between, like between ourselves and our thoughts and this idea that Mm -hmm. maybe that's one of the reasons why we follow other people's advice more easily is because there's some distance there and so if you pretend that the advice you give yourself is being given to your best friend or that your best friend is giving it to you like if you talk, if you like give advice to yourself in the third person like there have been Mm -hmm. studies showing that like you're more likely to follow your advice which I think is interesting but then I think you also bring up the interesting fact that as that's assuming that you know what advice to give yourself you know and so <laughs> True. when we don't know what advice to give ourselves I mean that's a whole other conversation you know but I think having relationships with others speaks to that idea that it can be difficult to recognize what we really need just from ourselves yeah yeah
1: and I do think that thinking about giving yourself advice as if you're giving advice to a best friend can be really helpful mm-hmm. Because sometimes, like, you get c- so caught up in your own stuff that it's really hard to, like, maybe notice right, or like be objective if you're about neglecting it. Neglecting your need, right? Yeah. be objective. That's a good way of putting it. And if you think about a best friend who really cares about you and is less emotionally attached to whatever you're dealing with, and they just want what's best for you, that can be helpful.
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I think also maybe using your relationships as a source for, like, accountability. So Mm -hmm. if you and your friend both want to work on following your own advice more, it's about you getting in touch with yourself and your own advice. But if you have someone to encourage you to follow your own advice, you might be more likely (laughs) to do it. You know, and so I think there's ways that we can use the relationships in our lives to actually help us get more in touch with our own intuition. Yeah. But I think it is a, it's a thin line to walk, and it's tricky to know where that lies.
1: And this is also making me think of Gretchen Rubin's Four Tendencies framework, which we talked about a long time ago with Rebecca Cooper. That was like episode ten, I think. It's a it's a really interesting framework because it's all about what kind of motivates us to follow through on things and whether we respond to external or internal expectations so if I think knowing that about yourself if you are somebody who needs that external accountability to follow your own advice like if you really want to like go for a walk every day and you really feel like that would be good for you and it would make you feel good but you're going to have a hard time doing it, like maybe find a friend to go for a walk with you or have a friend like text you and remind you. But if you're not somebody who's motivated by that, then that might not actually be helpful.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I have found her framework helpful. And I don't know that I've really <laughs> applied it as much as I could, but but yeah, I think that knowing knowing those things about yourself and what motivates you, to follow through and take your take
0: advice can be helpful. Yeah, for sure. Well, yeah, and just to kind of wrap things up, that idea of follow through, I think to an extent there's always on one hand there's like the mysterious element of this, like your intuition and getting in touch with that and being able to trust yourself and all those things. But sometimes at the end of the day, like you get to a point where you know what's best for you And you trust that it's the best thing for you, but then you just like can't follow through. And sometimes that's just (laughs) about like focus or motivation. And I know that's the case for me. And I think that does relate to, you know, your intuition in the sense of when you don't have that focus in the follow through, I think part of it is because you're maybe stuck in a rut, you know, and I think being out of touch with your intuition is also being stuck in a rut, you know, and I think getting yourself out of that and is can be really difficult, but I think part of it is just like taking the first step, you know, there's no like magic formula that's going to give you more like stick to itiveness or whatever. But I think, I think recognizing that idea that you pointed out that there's a balance, there's like this active but open receptiveness can help us reframe our thinking about, you know, how to take the first step because Mm -hmm. we have agency, but we don't have to put pressure on ourselves to have all the answers. And I think just taking the first step, whether it's the right one is the most important part. And so I think maybe that's a Mm -hmm. way for us to put a little less pressure on ourselves, but be able to at least get started.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think so too. I think taking, <sighs> taking it one step at a time is a good idea. Yeah. And I also do think, just going back to the idea that we were talking about earlier, I do think that sometimes when we're having a hard time with motivation and follow through, sometimes it is a subconscious block of some sort. That, right. Like maybe on some level we... Like you said, maybe we feel like we don't deserve whatever good thing we're going to get out of the thing that we're doing with like happiness or health or whatever. And sometimes that can be really hard to identify in these like really subtle ways that we self sabotage. And I think that doing some kind of work where you're kind of getting at those subconscious beliefs, whether that's with a therapist or some sort of coach or. Doing some journaling can kind of help you identify whether that's the case, and identifying those blocks, I think, can help you move past them.
0: We've given you lots more advice to think about and maybe we'll actually be able to follow it now because I really enjoyed this conversation. Like there were a lot of things that came up that I wasn't expecting to talk about that I think is going to be really helpful in the long run. But we want to also know your input too from our listeners, our creative souls. So let us know what has helped you follow your own advice in the past? And if anything from this resonated with you and also maybe what's the best piece of advice that you've given to yourself and been able to follow? Cause sometimes it's just, you know, having those basic pieces to really provide a foundation for, you know, those really good pieces of advice can help us follow the rest of it too. So
1: yeah. And remembering where you were able yeah, to do that gives, it builds
0: confidence and trust. Right. Right. So, please get in touch with us. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at NeverWearBoringSocks. And you can email us. Our email address is NeverWearBoringSocks at gmail.com. And also just go to our website, which is lovely and designed by Maria. It's beautiful. It's NeverWearBoringSocks.com. Also go there, leave comments on our, our episode posts and things like that. And we'd love to hear from you.
1: Do you have a quote for us today, Anna?
0: I do, indeed. Mm-hmm. I'm excited. <laughs> this quote... I think this will be a good follow-up to something you were talking about, Maria. So this quote is from Steve Jobs, and he says, Don't let the noise of others' opinions drown out your own inner voice. Mm. Which I think goes back to your idea of, of buying those shorts, you know, <laughs> that you were talking about. Um, and... You know, part of, like, following your own advice is, like, getting more in touch with yourself and getting in touch with your intuition. But part of it is just sometimes there's too many voices happening at once and we can't identify our own advice. And I think this is important that, like, we do have an inner voice and that it's worth listening to. And so I think I think Steve Jobs has pointed out something really foundational to this discussion is that just sometimes it's important to just, like, listen to yourself And it's okay to do that and not listen to others. Yeah. Yeah, it's easier said than done,
1: especially if you are close to people and you value their advice and trust them. And I just do want to say I did buy the shorts, just in case anyone is wondering (laughs) how that turned out. I actually called my mom and told her about this. I was like, I can't decide what to do because I can't tell if I like this color, but I know you wouldn't. Which was actually helpful because she was like, "I'm sorry that my voice is in your head too much, but like, do it you okay, want." Okay, now I want to know what
0: color the shorts were. <laughs> they're like an olive green. I okay, I have lots Which, of olive green. Pa- I'm wearing olive green shorts right now, and I they okay. have like grown on me, and I really like this color. Yeah,
1: I, they're growing on so me I, too. I, feel I support
0: like... your decision. Not Thank that you. it matters. I appreciate that, but. I'll
1: probably bring them when I visit you this summer. Perfect. So, we can match with our olive <laughs> green can, we're shorts. We can wear matching olive green shorts. Thank you for listening to Never Wear Boring Socks this week. If you enjoy our show, please go to iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts and leave us a rating or review. And subscribe
0: to us so you don't miss any future episodes. Show notes for this episode can be found at NeverWearBoringSocks.com. And please leave a comment about what resonated with you. Many thanks to Ben Ramsey, the Cheese Beast, for his audio editing skills and
1: contributions to our jingle, and to Martha Barnard for her wonderful mandolining.
0: And until next time, never wear boring socks.